Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your host, Lonnie Jenkins. Hello, friends. Welcome back for another session with Global Answers. We're going to be continuing our discussion out of the book of Revelations today. And I know that there's a subject matter that all of you who are already Christians are very interested in, and that's to the overcomers, because all the promises in the Bible are to those who can overcome. And so we just barely started last time. We'll do just a little bit of an overlap this time, if you don't mind, for those of you that were with us. We'll overlap just a tiny bit and go back into the scriptures, and we're basing it on the scriptures. Now, the scripture teaches us that truth and error in the last days will be so close that it would deceive the very elect, if possible. But it's not possible. God is watching over his children. So therefore, if truth and error are going to be so close, then there has to be a vindicated, dynamic voice that somehow stands above the others in the eyes of the elect to distinguish what is truth and what is error. We found in our study of overcomers that to overcome was not necessarily just overcoming the sins of the flesh. Our statement we made last time is, God has never ever stressed works. God has always stressed the word, for he knows that if the people truly get the word, the works will follow, because the word has a transforming power in it. Whereas Satan, in his spirit, his anointing, his false doctrine has a deforming power. So God's transforming power is what we all want to get a hold of. So we go over in the book of Revelations chapter 2 and we start there in the book of Ephesus where we ended up last time and we find that unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write. And that's the way each age begins. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, unto the angel of the church of Smyrna, and so on to Laodicea here at our last age where we are now, the Laodicean age. And then each, each age ends with the same thing. To he, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And to him that overcometh will I give. And then it gives a promise. And to each age is a little different promise. But we find that the promises are actually accumulative. In that if we go to the third age, the overcomer there can inherit all that was promised to the first and second age as well as this third age on up and on up and on up because we find that the deception gets more intense as we near the end time and the truth and error become so close. And so we found last time that the major error in the last days was going to be brought about by characters likened unto Janus and Jambres who withstood Moses, and it said, so will these be in the last days, but they will be reprobate concerning the truth. So they were miracle workers, sign workers. Then we found that there would be false Christs, which amazingly we found were false anointed ones. And friends, whether you're over here or over here, it makes no difference. The, those anointed ones are all around. And so when God is dealing, dealing in the church, Satan is dealing in the church also. They're both, he's the, in the framework of the church, are the two spirits. And so the elect must discern between the right spirit and the wrong spirit. 
and continually discern which spirit is operating through this church, through this man, through this preacher, through this friend, what spirit is speaking to me. To give you just a simple example of how close it can be, when Jesus spoke of going to Calvary and the death that he must suffer, it was Peter, the apostle, who more or less says, oh no, Lord, not as long as I'm around, nobody's gonna hurt you. And what was Jesus' response? Get behind me, Satan. It wasn't that Peter was the Satan, but he was listening to the wrong anointing. His natural love was, was going to cause Jesus, if he could, to bypass the cross. And so therefore, what was it? It was the wrong words, though the right man, but he was saying the wrong words because he was uh, operating out of the wrong realm of natural love instead of God's love, which wants to see the word of God come to pass. So we can do it. Mothers can do that. Mothers can, can so naturally love their children that they will do things for them or to them that are actually contrary to Scripture, thinking it's love, whereas true love has to uh, tie to the Word of God. So to these overcomers. Now, if you've got your Bibles and would like to go along with me, I'd like to open in a little different place this, this time, and that's in 1 Timothy Chapter 3, verse 15. And Paul is writing, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. We would think that would be applied to Jesus, the pillar and ground of truth. But he says, No, the true church is the pillar and ground of truth. So that's what we want to be attached to is this true church and that, that there's only one truth and that's God's word. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he was the word of God. Now, to our overcoming. Now, friends, we'll go back to the book of Revelation. I'm going back to the notes right where I left off with you last time and we'll do a repeat. Revelation chapter 2, verse 6. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And so there was this deed of the conquering the laity, a split in the church between clergy and lady, and a certain group trying to elevate themselves to be leaders of the church virtually in place of the Holy Spirit. And so we watched that starting in the early church, and the true church was against it. And God commended the true church that they stood against it because God said, I hate it. But then that's in verse 6. Then in verse 7, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And then, of course, we went into the tree of life. What is the tree of life? Well, first of all, if we go into scriptures in Numbers 24, 6, we find Balaam described Israel as trees of lime aloe. And then if we go into Psalms 1, it, it talks about blessed is the man, he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That's the, the, so God compares trees to persons. Thus the tree of life would be the person of Christ. So Jesus Christ is the tree of life. He's the bread of life, the tree of life. Any, any access to eternal life is Jesus Christ. So he is that tree of life. So there in the midst of the Garden of Eden was the presence of the living word, and then also this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And now notice the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a mixed tree. Good, 
and evil. Good and evil. Many, how can it be good and evil? Because many things, oh, this is going to hurt. Many things the church does is very good. But if God didn't tell the church to do it, it's evil. I'm going to step on toes again, but let's just watch close. God gave to the church, these signs shall follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick, the sick will recover, and so on. Many churches establish hospitals. Is that good for the people? Absolutely. Wonderful. Helps many people. But for the church, God didn't tell them to do that. God gave another way. And that's the supernatural ministry of Jesus Christ working through his body. Good? Yeah. Evil? Yeah. Why? Because it's contrary to the word. So that tree of the knowledge of good and evil mixes man's reasoning with the word of God. Much of the, the missionary programs we see around the world and what they establish and what they do, we don't find any scriptural pattern for it. So is it good? Oh yeah. Accomplishes many fine things. But evil, why? Because it's contrary to the word. So it's coming off of the wrong tree. Therefore, it's going to bear the wrong fruit. Tree of life, Jesus Christ, the living word. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. That person will feed on the word of God and thereby receive the eternal life. Now, the next overcoming is in the Smyrna church age. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos. We're going right through the church ages. Revelations 2.8, unto the angel of the church of Smyrna. Verse 9, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. We discussed this before. Why would a person want to claim to be a Jew when they're not? And God call it the synagogue of Satan. Because it's that same Nicolaitan spirit working in the framework of the church to claim you are Jew is to claim your elect because the Jews are God's elect nation. But the, so election is manifested in Christianity by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Only the elect can be truly born again, truly born again. So this, so these would be people again claiming just like false Christ, they are anointed, they are elect. They're trying to set themselves as ahead of the people or claiming that in their Jewish heritage, maybe my grandfather or my great-grandfather was in the upper room and he told me this. So again, trying to have something exclusive, something special to exalt themselves. It's that same Nicolaitan spirit trying to exalt a certain group above the laity and Nic uh, conquering the laity, Nicolaitanism. But God said, it's the it's this synagogue dwelling place of Satan. Verse 10 says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. Verse 11, He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh, he shall not be hurt of the second death. So consequently, now the overcomer again, what's he has to stay true to? The word of God. And why are they being put to death? Because there was a false church that was trying to force the people to believe their doctrine. And if you didn't believe their doctrine, you died. There was a former true church, which we find, of course, was the Jewish church, that they were trying to eliminate these Christians because of the fact that this new sect, as they called it, was taking people away from the faith. 
And so they were fighting against it, opposing it. This happens in every age. When God brings forth more light, those who held the light of the former age are often the first to fight against it because they want to feel they have an exclusive on the truth and yet God is progressing on. Friends, don't miss this. In our Gentile age, we have to follow the moving, I'll call it, of the pillar of fire. Follow the moving of the word. And the same thing with the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, the world, into the promised land, us into Christ. They had to follow the pillar of fire. And when it moved, they moved with it. When it stopped, they stopped. And the same thing the true churches have to do today. When God moves in the unveiling of the word, we have to move with it. But when, when God stops, we stop. What does that mean? It means don't manufacture something. Don't create something to get an artificial revival going. When God stops, we stop. The true church will live out their anointing from God in each age. And they can do no more than what they're anointed to do. We may see certain promises in the Bible. We say, oh, we need this and we need that. When the church needs it, God will anoint the group to it. If they're walking in the light as he is in the light, 1 John 1, 7. If they're walking in the light as he is in the light, in fellowship with God, the blood of Jesus Christ, cleansing them from all sin, then there is a fellowship there that the people will move with the anointing of God. And there is an anointing in each age. So he that overcomes shall not be heard of the second death. We find over at the white throne judgment in the last of the book of Revelation that when these people are judged at the white throne, they've already died physically on earth, but then they're cast away from God, cast into, into this torment, and that's the second death. First death in the body, second death is separation from God, separation in the soul. Next group to overcome now, of course, is the Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos church age. So the Pergamos third church age, Revelations 2.15. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Notice the deed in the first age, claim in the second age, and became a doctrine in the third age, which is the age of the era of the Council of Nicaea, out of which came probably the biggest church in the world, came out of, came out of, that, came out of that movement with the predominant leadership of Nicolaitanism. And he says, repent or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So he's asking the church to turn away from that thing or he's going to turn the word on them. That's the sword of his mouth. Verse 17, he that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith to the churches, to him that overcome. Will I give to eat of the hidden manna, will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written, which no man knows, saving he that receiveth it. To him, notice now this is, to the overcomer, now it's becoming singular. And now we get a little better understanding of what God is doing in each age. To him, singular, that overcometh, will I give to eat of the hidden manna. For all of Israel, the manna fell all through the land. They went out and gathered it up and it would last through that day. Manna fell the next morning on every day but the Sabbath, the same thing happened. And that which fell the day before could be carried over on the Sabbath. Any other day, if they tried to carry it over, it got worms in it and stank, the scripture says. And so that's the same way with us Christian era. God pours out our manna word for an age. When he pours out the word for the age, it's good for that age. But don't try to carry it over to another age. It'll, it's, it'll go rotten on you. There's a principle there. Don't have time to fully explain it, but I think you can see 
there's an Old Testament shadow, there has to be a New Testament fulfillment. So to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. That was not what fell on all of Israel. The hidden manna was that which was put in a jar and placed in the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. And in that place, the priesthood could go in and take a dip of that manna. Each one as they came into the priesthood, they could eat of that manna. And in that presence, in the presence of God, in the Shekinah glory, that manna never got old. So consequently then, for the man that eats of the hidden manna, he has something special. He gets a hold of something that the rest of the people are not getting a hold of. Why? Because he's God's messenger to that age. And it says, to, and he will also give him a white stone. White, of course, is pure. A stone, if you understand the principle in Scripture, is your own revelation from God. God reveals to you something, that's your stone. Your confession of your faith is a stone that you build on confession upon confession upon revelation upon revelation. And the and book of uh, Matthew tells us that upon this rock I will build my church. And it was the rock of the revelation to Peter that Jesus was the Christ. And Jesus said, nobody revealed that to you, Peter, but my Father which is in heaven has revealed it to you. So the true church catches a revelation from the Father. You can read about it in John chapter 6. It says, all that the Father has given to me will come to me. Not one will be lost. And it goes on to show how, how do they come to Christ that God himself becomes their teacher. You can read it in Revelation chapter 6. So now to him that overcometh, there is one then who gets into this special manna and he has a white stone of special revelation and in the stone a new name written. If we were to jump all the way up to our age, then the, the overcomer, the overcomer in this age has special access to the word. He has a special revelation, a white stone, and in the stone, in the revelation is who he is, which of course to the uh, seventh church age messenger would have been your Elijah. Malachi 4, the second half is your portion of scripture and much more. And so the man would understand this is my role in this age to live out this part of scripture. Somebody has to do it. And to the man that can overcome, and what are we overcoming now? Not the sins of the flesh. We're overcoming the systems of man, the systems of man, the teachings of man to stay with the pure word of God. That's the overcomer. And then it says, he will have a new name written, which no man knows, saving he that receives it. And so that, that man knows exactly who he is because God has revealed it to him. Now the next church age under the angel of the church of Thyatira. And this is the age where Verse 20 tells us, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee because you suffered that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, to, to eat things sacrificed to idols. So in Revelations 2.18 now, the woman, this church, remember it's speaking to the churches. So the church, the church of Thyatira has in it a woman who claims to speak for God. Of course, a woman types a church. So in the Thyatira age, there was a woman who claimed to speak, to speak for God, prophetess. But she's teaching servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. Of course, teaching them to commit fornication doesn't mean the literal act, as we would think, but rather to fornicate or adulterate the word of God. 
to feed themselves, to receive to themselves a seed that is not from their husband Christ, but from some man-made dogma. That's how they become a spiritual fornication, spiritual adultery, or spiritual prostitutes, as is spoken of in Revelations chapter 18, the great whore and her harlot daughters. So it's the same principle. Now, Revelations 2.21, I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. And so this would have been the church of that age where God gave them time to straighten out on their doctrine. And if you know the history, he sent many great men of God to try and straighten out that church in that early days, which actually started on in, in Pentecost and, the, and was taken then from Pentecost right to another nation where that, the gospel began to be spread. And then in that nation, the, uh, the leader of that nation, I hope you can read between the lines, the leader of that nation wanted to put all the Jews out for a period of time. So the Jewish leadership that was in that church in the early days left, and with them came the understanding of the Old Testament and all the Old Testament shadows. And so this gen new little Gentile group was left on their own now with no Jewish leadership. And of course, the New Testament was not yet written. So they had no concept of how to tie, to take like Paul did the Old Testament shadows and bring them forward. So instead, they reached back into their, their past of idolatry and brought and mixed idolatry into Christianity and made a mix of this paganism, Christian, a Christian mix under the name of Christianity, exactly what here, committing fornication and mixing idols in there. And so that, that church, is, of course, grows, 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 and becomes more and more powerful. God gave him a space to time to repent. Verse 23, I will kill her children with death. Of course, separation from the word is death. So to kill with death. Of course, that would be the second death that we already studied. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins. Verse 24, but I say unto thee and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine. Notice it's not as many as don't commit adultery or don't commit fornication or as many as are not drunkards. It says as many as have not this doctrine, which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. Verse 26, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod and up rod of iron. So there again, what is it overcoming? The false doctrine of the age, the power of some group or individual preaching false doctrine, and God says to the overcomer, just overcome this and you'll rule and reign with me. You'll rule the nations. Overcoming what? False doctrine. Where? Out in the world? No, within the framework of the Christian church. The true vines running side by side, planting side by side, wheat and tares growing side by side. If you go into the New Testament in Matthew and read about the wheat and tares, you find that there was a sower of good seed and a sower of bad seed. The sower of the bad seed, the Bible says, was the devil. But then it says, but at harvest time, they became aware that there was two kinds of plants. So the two grew together unknowingly. But in the harvest time, they became aware of the two seeds planted in the same field. Don't miss that. We're in the last time. It's in this age that a message come, must come forth to show what is wheat 
and what is tares. This is that age. This is nearing harvest time. This is one of the purposes of this very broadcast that you're watching on a regular basis, is to try and show you what God is trying to reveal to that elect lady, wherever she may be, that there, there is a truth, there is a false, and they're both in the framework of the Christian church. Many other religions look in and see the faults and immediately dismiss all of Christianity because of what they see in the faults and what they see, they're seeing the right thing. It is false. They, they look at some of the things that go on on television in the name of Christianity and they laugh and say, if that's Christianity, I want no part of it. You know, send me your money and I'll send you magic water from the River Jordan or some kind of nonsense. But th that is the false, it, and it absolutely is. But it's, it's all labeled under Christianity. And of course, it's God's smokescreen because the elect will see through it and weave their way through it. But those who love the Word of God are going to find their way right through that smokescreen to tie into the Word of God. So we've got an overcomer now coming out of the Thyatira church age about that woman Jezebel killing her children with death. In Revelations 3.1 now, we're up to the Sardis, Sardis church age. And now we're getting into the age, tying it to the ages. This is the age of the Reformation. The Reformation started historically during what is shadowed as the Sardis, Sardis age. And the promise here is, he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. Of course, the white remnant is the righteousness of the saints. That's putting on the full word of God and, and thereby being wrapped in the righteousness of Christ. I will not blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Now, you have to understand about blotting out the book to catch what's going on here. He that overcometh we clothed in white raiment. White raiment is the righteousness of the saints. And the people whose names are blotted out of the book, it says to him that will add to or take from the word of God, I will remove his name from the book of life. You'll find that in the very last book of the book of Revelation. So therefore, saints, we're trying to bring you back to a pure word. Don't want your name blotted out of the book of life. We're wanting to be solid in the word. And God says that if you'll overcome the false doctrines that are in the framework of the church, that he will confess your name before your father and before the angels, and your name will not be blotted out of the book, will be there to be professed before the father with eternal life because you have united yourself to the eternal word of God. God bless you, saints. We'll see you again next week. For a DVD of today's program entitled The Overcomers, write to Global Answers, 1695 Stewart Road, Lima, Ohio, zip code 45801 here in the USA. Or visit our website at globalanswers.us. May our Lord Jesus Christ, richly